We begin the current Tavim Sech, this Nazar Dav Nun Aleph. We begin on the top of the Yomit, where the Gemara continues with discussion from the previous uh, Dav, which was explaining that part of the Mishnah that spoke about, we said that there's things that a, pers- that a Nazar could become Tameh from, which are all related to Thomas Mass, and it went through the details of what are the things that are going to be Tameh, that he has to be Megaleach, he has to cut off his hair and start over his Naziris. Now one of those things which we quoted from the Mishnah was Val Moli Tarvid Rekev that a spoonful, which again we brought two different opinions of what does that mean, either a palmful or a handful of the dust that decomposed, that decayed from the, the, from the corpse, that's going to be something that will transmit Tumor to the Nazar to have to, to start over his Nazirs. So the Gemara continues on this daf with different questions and halachic frameworks and guidelines to this halacha. What is considered a corpse that from him, there is the halacha of his corpse dust, considered this halacha of rekev, that it will make the nazar start over his naziris. So the Brisa says that it's talking about meis shenikva aram. Not every corpse, when his body decomposes, will it transmit tumma in the oil. It's specifically told me that if he was buried just his body. For example, ba'orin shalshayish. It has to be moreover in a coffin that's made out of marble where that there's nothing that decomposes from any other element that will mix into his dust from his body. Let's say it's on a floor made out of stone. That's a type of a mess where the only thing is that's decomposing over there is his body. That is going to be the halacha of Rekev. But if Nikva B'Ksusa, let's say he was buried in a garment or or in a coffin made out of wood, or or on the floor made out of bricks, where there it, it's easily broken down and it could crumble the bricks, such a type of a person, a dead person, there the dust from his body will not have this kohalochic status of maloitar rekev, because when you're going to have this ladleful, it might not be purely from the mess. It could have from the garment that, that decomposed, or it could have from, the, from, the, from, this, from these bricks, so since something else can be mixed in, that's not applicable for this. Allah has to be pristine just from the rekev from the mess. Another qualification from this halacha, Amaullah, he says, Ain rekev, this halacha only applies, el habam and habas, only if this dust is coming from the flesh, uminagidim, from the sinews, uminatsamais, and from the bone. Meaning you have to have that the rekev will come from all three of these things. Now, on that, Eitzvei Rav Ula. Rav asked to Ula from the following Brisa. The Brisa says, Rekev habam nabasa, if the dust, corpse dust, comes from the flesh, tahar. That's going to be tahar. That will not transmit tumma in this, if you, even if you have a spoonful of it. Now, the inference that Rav asked on Ula is, hamina etzim tami. It sounds like, but the bone, if it was just that, then it would transmit tumma. The avagavdalekabasa, even though there is no meat. Now, the rush addresses and says that the Gemara could not have answered and said that no, it's only from the Basar itself that's tar. Um, meaning, because you don't have with it, like Ula's halacha of Atzamas and Gidin, on that the Rosh says the reason why that wasn't a, an option of an answer is because then it should have said that if you have Rekev Min HaBasar, U Min HaEtzem, it's going to be tar. And then we would have made the Diyak that, yeah, because until you have Gidin with it. For the fact that it doesn't say that, it just says Min HaBasar, Sounds like, oh, because only Basar. But if you have Etzem, then there would be Metame. But it's not true. According to Uli, you have to have Basar, Etzem, and Gidin.
So on that imahachi, on that the Gemara answers, that's not difficult. What the Bryce is saying is, when it says that the dust that's only coming from flesh is going to be tar, because it means to say, because we are qualifying the meat. Until you have flesh with bone inside of that, because only then will it be tummy, not because bone itself. Bone itself also doesn't work. It has to have bone and the flesh and the ligaments, then it's going to be, so although it's qualifying in the context of buster, because it's saying, yes, buster itself will not, until it has inside the flesh also bone that decomposed with it. On that, the Gemara asks, but that, that also doesn't answer it. Halakagidim, that still doesn't answer. You don't have the ligaments. You said it has to have all three. On that, the Gemara says, that's not difficult. You're right, it was saying the buster itself is not going to be metame until it has bone inside of it. And what about the gidim? It's not possible to have that there's going to be meat, flesh connected to bone, without ligaments. That's what they do. Now the Rush says, although Ula mentions ligaments, what does he need to say it for? Anytime you can have rekev, that's coming from when you had flesh connected with bone, which has to have ligaments, so why does he mention it? So that would be regards to uh, specifically a case of a nafal, of an aborted fetus, where there actually that the limbs did not connect one to the other, and there's no gidin. That's what we're saying, that although there you will have actually flesh together with bone, but that's what we're saying, that that also will not create rekev until you have the ligaments too. You have to have all three according to Ulam. Now the Gemara continues with another qualification with this Allah. Amr Shmuel bar Abba Amr says, Shnei mesim shegvarin zem zeh. Let's say there are two corpses that are buried one with the other. So nasu which is going to be a term that's going to be mentioned again, which one interpretation of this is that the word gilglin is from the word of galgal, which is uh, something that's round, that's a circle, something that, that mixes, it goes from one place to another, like a tire that's round, which means to say that it, you having one dust mixing with another one's dust. And essentially what this halacha Avrabiachim is saying is that the halachal meshemisina of rekeb was only said if it's again purely from this mess. And here, since you have two corpses mixed together, their dust actually creates a problem. Just like we said, if a garment or the the bricks, whatever it is, to get mixed in, it's not purely the rekeb, the dust. It's not going to transmit the tum and the oil. Here also, that since it's coming from another corpse, it's not going to be able to mitam anymore because of rekeb. Now, on that Masab Rab Nasan, Rab Nasan asks from the following brayso. Bryce says, It seemingly contradicts his halach. It says explicitly, it says that the dust that comes from two corpses will transmit tuma. So that Amurabi says, no, it's not a contradiction. It's talking about that Bryce where each corpse was actually buried separately, not like the case of Rabbi Then then they decomposed on their own. And then together, their dust then lay to combine and then made the ladleful, then it will transmit to them. But that's because they decayed separately. If they decayed together, then their dust were mixed as they decayed. That's not the halacha of But yes, if they were decayed separately, you have the dust, you just don't have the shear, and it's mixed with another one, that will join together. So to Omar he says, Gazes Sairoi recover Ima. He says, again, another qualification is halacha. He says, that if, let's say, the corpses here was cut off, and then it was buried with the corpse, Nasla Gilgalim. The here, which is no more part of the corpse, it's only part of it as long as like a yad, like considered connected to the corpse, and the same halacha like when it's attached to it. Since it was detached and then buried with them, 
So that becomes something else mixing with him, and therefore the rekev is not going to be purely from the mess, and therefore it's not going to be mitami for the halacha of rekev. Like Tanan Hasan, like we learned over there in the Mishnah Masech, this Olis, that tells us, Kol mess, any part of the corpse, Tami will transmit the Toma of Tomas mess, Chutz min hashinaim, except for the teeth, Vasar, and that's what we're talking about over here, except for the hair, which is not considered as part of the corpse. So like, it's not like you took off a limb and buried it next to the person, which then it would make Rekev. Here it's not really considered part of the mess, and Vatsipoyan, and the fingernails. Whereas the Gemara explains in Perg the reason being is because we need whatever to be considered as part of the mess to be similar to bone, which just like bone is actually created with the person, and moreover, it doesn't regenerate, so too, anything that was created with it and doesn't regenerate will be considered as part of the mess, which that excludes teeth, which the child is not born with teeth, and it also excludes the hair and the fingernails, where although the person is created with them, and however, but once they're lost, they do come back, they regenerate, and therefore, that's why here is not considered like the mess itself. And that's why the halachi said that if you cut it and you buried it with it, it's going to create problems of Gilgal and it's not going to be time anymore because of Rekhev. Now, but the Mishnah says, But if they're attached, then they all transmit to And therefore, whoever touches even the here, it's like you're touching the corpse itself, and then you will become Tame. But when they're detached, they're not like the mess anymore, and therefore, that's why it creates Gilgal. Now, Boye Chizke, Chizke had the following question. Sari Let's say the hair wasn't cut, but it's ready to be cut. Like the Russian explains, it says they had a certain standard where, you know, when the hair grew a certain amount, then it was ready to be cut. Or Tsipari no Let's say the fingernails, they're ready to be cut. So the question is, my, what would the halacha be over there? In other words, his question is that would that maybe be Matami? It would transmit Tama because it's still attached to the mess. So Gemara explains the question. Mir, meaning do we say, as we find this halacha in many different areas of halacha, that something that's ready to be cut, we view it already as if it's cut. So therefore, just like we said by cut here, it's not considered part of the mess. So to here, since it's ready to be cut, although it's not cut yet, it's not going to be considered part of the mess. Or maybe they say that, no, ultimately here it's still attached, and therefore, although it's ready to be cut, it will be considered part of the mess, and therefore, again, it won't create, let's say, these problems of Gilgalin, of being considered something distinct and separate from the mess itself. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? You could resolve his question from this statement that we just mentioned before from Rabbi Babachana, where Taima, Mishim the Gazas, his whole halacha that he said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, seemingly was, why is it going to create a problem for the halacha of Rekev, of decay? is because you had cut off the hair and then buried it with the person. But it sounds like, but if it wasn't cut off, even if it's immediately gazes, even if it's ready to be cut off, then they wouldn't create problems of a Gilgalon, and it would be metame as rekif. And I think Mar says, no, not a proof. What Rabbi Bavachana was saying was, gazes are raised Gilgalon. One thing we know for sure, if you cut off the hair, for sure it's considered like something distinct, and therefore it will be considered an admixture. Like Gazas, but if it wasn't cut off, even if it's ready to be cut off, that's Miboyle. That's a question that we don't know. Therefore, he didn't say it in that case, but not because it was obvious to him. He just wanted to say the one that was, that, that was obvious that it is going to be creating a problem with Gigolin. But the case of Oimele Gazas is still a question mark. But Yerbimi had the following question. I'll continue on this halacha of Rekiv. Rekiv min ho'ekiv mahu. What's the halacha of corpse dust that comes from the heel? Now, the reason for this question, why should the hill be any different from any 
dust that decomposed from the human body is because by the person's heel, there's thick skin over there that doesn't have any life to it. It's dead. Therefore, the question was if that dust is going to transmit tumor because it's not really considered like part of the dead person. As the Gemara explains the question, when did we learn this of the corpse dust? That's That's when it comes from the whole corpse, in other words. That if it comes from some part of the body that died with when the whole person died, that's where generally the body dies. But what comes from the heel, since even the person's alive, that part of the body's dead, it's dead skin. So therefore, therefore maybe you're going to say that if it comes from the heel, that's not going to have the halacha bracket. Or the Gemara says maybe it's no different. Ultimately, it's, it's part of the dead skin, which the person's dead also, and decomposes. Therefore, it would be racket. So the Gemara says, let's bring a ride to Tundra Bnosim Rebbe which you quoted this halacha before, said, He says that the corpse dust that comes from two different corpses, then it's going to be tummy. Now, Rav explained before not to contradict a different halacha, which was said that you can't have two different corpses. So he said that it was talking about where each one decomposed on itself, and then the two of them together, because each one didn't have enough to be its own spoonful, but the two corpses together joined and made a spoonful. Now, on that, the Gemara says, Now, if you would entertain to say that the corpse dust, the rekiv that comes from the heel, would not transmit toma from rekiv, if that's the case, well then, zil hacha, so then why in this halacha, when it's coming from two mason, and they only, the two of them join together to make just one ladleful, why would it transmit toma? But if you go this way, you should say, meaning, since we're talking about two different corpses, in regards to each one, you could say that maybe some of the dust is from his heel. Maybe from this mess, it, some of the dust is from his heel. And therefore, it shouldn't be that when you have this ladleful from the two corpses, that it should definitively create tuma. In other words, if someone, let's say, goes in the same oil as this, as this spoonful of the, of the dust of a corpse, and then he goes into the base of Migdash, or he eats Kaidish by mistake, that he's going to bring a carbon. How do you bring a carbon? Maybe you're bringing chulin to the Azara. Why? Because maybe this spoonful of dust that was in the same room as you will not transmit to myself. Why? Because maybe inside there was some of the dust from the heel because we're talking about that each mess didn't have enough. It was just a combination of the two of them. Now that means to say you took every last bit of that corpse and every last bit of the other one and together they made one ladleful. Now maybe there's some heel dust in over there. If there's heel dust, you're telling me that there's no rekiv. Obviously, that there is rekiv by the heel dust, because or else you wouldn't be able to go ahead and bring a carbon for being tummy if maybe you weren't tummy, because the rekiv of the heel doesn't combine to join and create this halacha of rekiv. I think Mar says, no, not a raya. You're right. And the Gemara that revises the question. If the whole entire corpse decomposes, the ka'asi derech ekev, and additionally, with that, the heel also decomposes. Nothing more says hachinami. That was never our question, where you're right. As you're proving from this halacha, that of course then the, the heel is not going to be any different than the rest of the body, and it's going to transmit the tumah of rekev. Alahacha, but here the question was, we're actually only one limb decomposed, 
and it's coming through the area of the heel. In other words, the rest of the body of the corpse didn't decompose. The only part that did decompose, that's creating this rakev, which is its own unique halacha, that if you have a spoonful of this, it could transmit toma in the whole oil, was that the heel and the limb right next to the heel started decomposing. Now, therefore, the question is that you could say that the only reason for this is because since the heel always has no life, so therefore it's quickly, it's the quickest to decompose, so therefore the limb that's next to it also started decomposing, and maybe over there we didn't say the halacha l'mayishu of rakev, because there it's not coming because of the, 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 the generic rakev, it's coming because of the rakev of the heel, which was even dead when the person was still alive. So my, what's going to be the halacha in such a case with that you can't prove from the b'risa, because that halacha is talking about when the whole body decomposes. Nothing when it says take or let it stand, it's not clear what would be the halacha distinctly of just the heel itself and the limb right next to that, if we're going to say the halacha of rakev or not. So by Yerbimi, had the following question. Uber isha. Let's say a woman dies and she was pregnant. So there's the fetus in the woman's womb. Havakilgilim oiloi. Would the fetus itself create this status of gilgalim? In other words, would it be considered like you have two corpses that are buried together? Where we said previously that that creates an admixture and hence not the halach of rakiv or not? As the Gemara explains the question. Kimen to Amamar, since it's mentioned elsewhere. The master says, There's a halacha that says that the fetus is like the thigh of the mother, which basically means to say that she's one with the mother. So therefore the, the fetus is considered as part of the mother. There's the umbilical cord, there's this connection, it's like part, one with the mother. Therefore the fetus and the mother are not considered mixing in other things from elsewhere. It's considered just from one person. And therefore it is going to have the tumma of Rakiv. Or maybe you say that no, keeping the same lots of since ultimately the fetus is going to leave the mother. So Mifrish Parashman is considered as distinct, as separate, and hence it is like two mesim, and therefore would not be able to transmit to Mabrakov. Now that's one question. And even if you're going to say, Uber Decipher Lots is Mifrish Parashman, since ultimately the fetus is going to leave, we don't see it as one with the mother, and therefore it's like it's separated and it's like two mesim there that are buried, and hence it won't have the Tumab Rakiv. However, as we continue on Tumad Bays, the Gemara questions an earlier stage of a fetus, which is So what would be the halacha, however, regarding the sperm, the semen, in the woman's womb? What would be the halacha over there? There the question is, do we say, since the child wasn't even formed yet, in other words, if the, chi- if the fetus is formed, so then yes, we'll say that it's considered like two different mesim, because it's, on its, it's going to separate at one point. But here, since it didn't even create a, another form yet, so kigufa dami, so therefore there the sperm is considered as part of the woman herself. Idemo, maybe actually the other way you can go. Since it actually came from somewhere else, and neither is it a, a child yet, but since it came from somewhere else, so therefore maybe we'd say actually it's not part of her. And therefore, it's actually something from external to her, and therefore it would create a problem of Reke, uh, that, that wouldn't allow it to be metamor reke because it's not purely the woman herself. There's something else that's gilgalin over here. That's the question. Another question, Boyer Papa, he asks, Pirshamau, what's the halacha if there's waste matter in the digestive tract, in the stomach of the corpse? And the question is, do we say that since a person can't sustain without eating sachiyusuhu, it's the lifeblood of the person? In other words, it's considered part of the person. So maybe you say that no. 
Here also, just like you entertained by Sheikh Lazara, that it came from elsewhere, therefore it's not you, and if it's not you, then you have something else mixing in, like we said regarding the garment or the bricks, and therefore that creates a problem to have the transmission of the Tumah of Rekif. Another question, the Gemara says, Boyer of of he asks, What's the halacha regarding the person's skin? Where, as the Rush explains, he says that it seems to him that the Gemara's question is regarding the Manda Amr that says that biblically, a person's skin is actually tahar. And therefore, meaning that's not considered really the mess itself. So therefore the question was, then maybe it's not going to be considered part of the basar mess, meaning the flesh. I mean, the flesh is not the skin. Skin is just the, the, what, can, what holds it all together, what's on the outside. And therefore maybe the Gemara's question was, maybe that would create Gilgalim. Now, the Rasha actually says that the Gemara could have resolved this question from Rabbi Babachano, who he said it's specifically only if the hair is cut. But if the hair is not cut, then it's not going to create a problem. So definitely the skin, which is still connected to the person, is definitely not going to create Gilgalim. But however, the, Gemara, the Rush says that the, the Gemara didn't want to resolve one Amari's question from another Amari. So therefore, that, that, that's the question about what would the halacha be with the skin, since we say that, at least biblically, it's not considered part of the mess itself, so maybe actually the fact that it's decomposing together with the basar ha-mess, which is the flesh, which is beneath that, that may be that that would create a problem of Gilgalim. Similarly, a question, says, What would the halacha be with the saliva and the mucus of the person that would that create Gilgalim or not? That's not basar ha-mess, and therefore that's there by the corpse. Maybe that would create a problem of Gilgalim. So, now, the Gemara asks on all these questions that we said. Amal Rav Shmuel Bar Achel Rav says, Now, He says that if you would entertain all those who ask these questions, that are these can be considered Gilgal, and if let's say we take that line and we say that all those things are actually considered not the mess itself. Shechvazera, the waste matter, the, 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 the skin, the saliva, the mucus, the hair, all those things are considered Gilgal. So then he asked him, how could you ever have a case of a corpse transmitting tumor through a ladleful of his dust when where are you finding a corpse that doesn't have hair, that doesn't have skin, that doesn't have saliva, that doesn't have food in their stomach? How do you have that? Because that's the only way you're saying if all those questions which weren't resolved, if, they're, if the actual, in actuality the halacha is that they are gilgalin, how would you ever find a case of, of rakif? So on that... Rabbi Papa answers, says, you could find such a case. It would be specifically, the Ashki made the column. Well, first you'd give the, 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 the dead person this palm drink to drink, which as the Gemara says in Sechta Shabbos in the 8th, that, that it, it says that there are two palm trees in, in Eretz Yisrael, that from beneath them came out a fountain, uh, a spring, where if you drank one cup, it would loosen your bowels. Drink a second cup, it would be diuretic. If you drank a third cup, it actually, the way it came in was how it would come out. And therefore, they would give this dead person three cups to drink. So that would remove all the food that you, he has inside of it. So there wouldn't be any, like we said, the Republic's question of Pirsha. There would be no waste, no food inside of him. Moreover, it would remove his saliva and all his mucus. Then, Vesachyanasha. Then, they would take, you could take a, a cream that you, you do all over the person, which removes all his hair. And then you cook him, you soak him in the, in the hot waters of Tiveria, which would remove his skin. Then you would have a case where you don't have anything else but the flesh and the bone and all the things which are the mess itself. And therefore then you could have a case 
of Rekav, even if all the cases that we asked about are considered Gilgalin, you would still be able to have a case of the halacha of Rekav. Amr Abayi, Abayi says, following on these halachas of Rekav, Naktina, we have a tradition that Meshat Chonoi, if you take a corpse and you grind him down, ain't like then there's no halacha of Rekav over there. And the reason being is because the halacha of Meshat of Rekav was when you have the dust of decomposition, of decay, and not the dust that comes from grinding down the corpse. Now, however, Ibailu had the following question. What's the halacha if they grinded the corpse? So there's dust. Now that itself would not create rakim. But then that dust decomposes, decays. Would the halacha be over there? As the Gemara explains the question. What's the whole reason of this halacha of rakim? You have to have decay of flesh, ligaments, sinews, and bone. Boik, and that you have over here, because it's dust that came of decay from Basar Gidnat Samas. And therefore, since you have that, so it would have the Alokha Brakiv. Or maybe that, no. Yes, it's decay of Basar Gidnat Samas, but it has to be the way the person was formed. Then in his whole state, he decays and that turns into dust. That is what creates the Alokha Brakiv. And here you don't have that. Because here it was, he was first grinded down, and then in that form it decayed, and maybe there we wouldn't say the halacha of rakiv. So I think let's take a little stand. It's not clear what the halacha be. Tanu ula bar He says another halacha in this regard, and uh, two other halachas related to this. Meis shechaser. If there's a corpse that's missing a part of him, so first of all, enli rakiv. The halacha of rakiv of the, the the corpse dust. Only applies, he says, to a full corpse. If it's missing a part of him, it doesn't have the halacha's dust. Even a spoonful will not transmit the tumma in the oil. Moreover, is veloit fusa. This halacha that's going to be taught that uh, that taught later on that ex- that explains that if someone moves a corpse from his grave, let's say you have to put bury someone else somewhere else, so you have to take what's called the tfusasa with him, what you can grab with it which the Gemara there explains is that three finger breadths from the virgin soil around the corpse has to be taken with him. So on that, Rabbi Chanina says that if this corpse is, is, is missing a part of him, then there's no halach of tfus, you don't have to take the earth around him with him. And the third halach is v'lishchunas kvarois, which the, the, the last parak explained. Let's say in one area they find, it's not a cemetery, but they find three corpses near each other. And the halacha is if, they, if between the three corpses is between an area of four amas to twenty amas, then that's what's called already shchunas kavaris, which literally means to say a neighborhood of, of burials, which what, what happens is that we have to check then from that area the perimeter of twenty amas, because we have to be concerned that actually once we find three dead people, we have to suspect that maybe it's really a cemetery, and which has its own distinct halachas. Now, however, if, this is what Rechadin is coming to say, if we find two whole corpses and the third one is chaser, is missing, that won't give it the status of Shkun Skvaris, and then we don't have to check anymore around the perimeter for 20 amas. Now, the Rosh just says that these halachas that Rechadin is mentioning are halacha l'mayush misinais. So that's the halacha of Rechadin, which again, pertaining to our sugi, is the halacha of Rekiv, that it will not apply if he's missing a part, if there's a piece missing from the corpse. Now, that the Gemara asks Meisve, and the Gemara asks from a Mishnah Masech this idiot. Now, that Mishnah is discussing a Machloikis regarding if an olive sized piece of flesh was removed from a limb 
of a living person if that's going to transmit to or not. Now, there is an opinion that's mentioned over there that wants to teach that it will transmit to because just like you find the same thing, by flesh that's removed from a limb, from a dead person, where a kazayas of flesh that's removed from the limb of a dead person will transmit to so too a limb of a live person. Now that, the other opinion retorts, and that, which is what our Gemara is quoting from that Mishnah Satsidis, which says, like, no, there's no comparison. You can't learn out an Averman, a kazayas of Averman Achai from a kazayas of Averman Ames, because im yes, if by a dead person, that the halacha would be that a kezayis of flesh that's removed from that limb, that it's going to transmit to That's because by a mess, there are certain stringencies more than a chai. So maybe there you say the halacha, because she actually rave. There's a certain stringency of majority, which is what we, rave binyan, if you have the majority of the structure of the skeleton, or rave minion, or the majority of the amount of bones of, of, of avarm that's there, that that transmit to and Thomas oil. That only that that's a stringency that applies to a dead person, and veroiva so too if let's say you have a quarter of a kav of bones, of the of the dead person that's going to transmit toma oimulei tarvid rekiv or also in the tumas of oil would be if you have a, a ladle full of the dust of the corpse that transmit toma timer v'chai but who said you say that you want to make a comparison regarding kizayis buster minachai from kizayis buster names but by a live person. He doesn't have this stringency of his majority transmitting Tama. Neither does he have this halacha of a quarter of a cob of his bones transmitting Tama. And neither do you have a spoonful of his dust from his body transmitting Tama. And therefore, since we don't have those stringencies, so maybe it doesn't have the stringency of Kezai's, of Basar, Min Hachai. So that we can't compare it from Mes to Chai. That's what the Mishnah Mishnah's idiot says. Now, that the Gemara develops the question. Hechi dummy, what was this case talking about when it was saying that a live person, he doesn't have Meloid Tarvid Rakiv? He doesn't have, if let's say from a live person, he gets a spoonful of his dust, that is a ladleful that's not going to transmit to him in the oil. Must be talking about the Irk of Chadever. Must be talking about that one of his limbs, that it gets decomposed, and he has a ladleful of his own dust. Because if it was his whole body, Obviously, he'd be dead. He wouldn't be able to be a live person with a ladle full of dust. So it's about one limb. But it's mashma, the maze, that the same parallel is what the case of a dead person is talking about, which is contrasting and saying that that even if there's one limb, but the main idea is not just one limb. It means say it's not the whole body that's decomposing that you're saying will create rekev by mess. Because we're contrasting, we're saying by a live person, his rekiv is not, what case is that? Not the whole body. It's one limb, two limbs, whatever it is, but not his whole body. With there, there's no rekiv. But by a mess, in the same case, there would be rekiv. Now you said, if the mess is missing just a little part, it doesn't create rekiv. Yet here we see clearly that it doesn't have to be the whole mess, just like Bechai is not talking about a whole, his whole body. So you see that it, it does create rekiv by a mess, even if it's missing a piece of him, even if, let's say, just one limb. I think my answer is no. no. Mikutani, did the Mishnah say over there, Hames? Did it make, like you're contrasting and saying the next step to make the inference to say, oh, by, by Chai, by live person, by his one limb or two limbs, whatever it is, when he's still alive, that that's not going to create record. But by a dead person in the same case, in the equivalent that it would be considered record, it doesn't say that. Rather, Hokamash what the, what, the, the, what the Mishnah over there was saying was that Shames, there is a category by a dead person which specifically is told about when he's not lacking anything, 
then yesh lay rekev. There is the halacha, at least in conceptually, of having rekev. But it's only when he's whole. Whereas, shumchai ain't lay rekev. There is no halachic case of a live person creating rekev. You're right, by a live person, it's only by one limb. But by mess, that wasn't a contrast to say, but by the mess by one limb. It was just saying, mess has rekev, and chai doesn't have rekev. You're right, the case of chai is only by one limb, but the case of mess was when it's the whole body, and actually if you're missing even just one part, like Reb Chanina said, it won't have the Allah of rekev. Now, a similar discussion the Gemara brings by Rav. Rav asked the following question. Here give kishu chai. Let's say the limb decomposes when he's still alive, but then the chazru mess, then the person dies. Ma, what's the Allah in such a case? So the Gemara explains the question. Kigmi rekev, when did we say the Allah of the corpse dust? That's the irkiv kishu mess. That's only if, as we said, that quoting from that Mishnah in Mesaf Desidius, a live person doesn't have the Allah of rekev. So therefore, it's only when it decomposed, when he's dead, and therefore, here, although that you have this limb that decomposed, but since it decomposed when he was alive, although he subsequently died, that's not going to transmit the Tumah of Rekev. Or maybe no. Ultimately, now the person's dead. So he's dead, and he's decomposing, and his limb is, is, is dead and decomposing. So therefore, maybe that limb would have the Halacha of Rekev. So the Gemara says, Tashima, let's bring a right from the Mishnah Masech, this idiot that we brought in the previous discussion. That the, 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 that other Manda'ama was responding and saying that, Lord, no, you can't compare what you're trying to learn, the Kazai's Basa Min Ha'chai, from Kazai's Basa Min Ha'mes. Why? Because Imam Marta Bimes, because if you're going to say the halach of Kazai's Basa Min Ha'mes, that's going to transmit Tomo, that's because Mes has more stringencies. As we find Shesh Le'roiv, as the halach of the majority of him, over Reiva, or when there's just a quarter of a calf of his bones, Umali Tavid Rekav, he has the halach of a spoonful of his dust. But how are you going to say that regarding a live person where you don't have all the stringencies, maybe you don't have the stringency neither of Kazai's Basar from Achai either. Now, that's what the Mishnah said. So on that the Gemara says, It sounds like the reason why it's not going to have all these halachas is because he's alive. But if he dies, it sounds like that then he will have the halacha of Rekav. In other words, that even that limb that decomposed when he was alive, when he dies, that it will be metame when he's dead. So seemingly that answers the question. It says it's only when he's alive that his limb that decomposes is not going to transmit Thomas Rekev. But when he ultimately does die, then there will. So you see, it doesn't have to happen when he dies. It could even happen. It could even have the Allah of Rekev if he subsequently dies. So I think more answers, as we said before. Mikutani, but in a different inference. Mikutani, did we say Hamas to make the comparison of what exactly the case of Chai is that that's going to be, but if he dies, then it'll have otherwise? No. How come Malan, what the Mishnah was teaching was, that there is a category of a dead person that has rekev. In other words, if it decomposes after he dies. It's saying in an absolute type of a way that any live person doesn't have rekev. In other words, if it decomposes while he's alive, then even after he dies, it's still going to be tar. It's not like you could say that, Oh, because he's alive. But if he dies, then it is going to be Tommy. No, it's saying a dead person has Rekiv, a live person doesn't have Rekiv. And when it says a live person doesn't have Rekiv, it's even if he subsequently dies, it's still, since it decomposed when he was alive, it's not going to have the Tumma of Rekiv. Now, on that, the Gemara, so therefore there's no Rayev in the Mishnah Mesech Tzidius. Now, the Gemara continues with a related question to what we just spoke about, 
of the halacha of Chanina, where we spoke about Shachasr, if it's lacking, he said that there's no rekev. So a related discussion in Gemara says, Bayi Rabbi. Rabbi asked, Namala Shachasr Ma'ah, what's the halacha with an ant that's missing a part of it? In other words, this is related to the discussion that's brought in Perak Ela Ein Halaikin. There's halacha, if someone eats an ant, even if it's a, a, a small, minute amount, he, meaning even if the ant, the whole ant is small, he's going to be liable. Now, although generally the halacha is to be liable for shiurim of achila, has to be the size of an olive, but there's halacha known as beria. If it's a full creature, you're going to be high for that too. So to the same thing re- reply, re- relates regarding the halachas of tumah, which same thing is also that although there's certain shiurim, but when it's a beria, it will transmit that halacha of tumah. Now, that Rav's question is that if, let's say, the legs of the ant are cut off, but the ant can still survive, it can still live. The question is, does it still have its status as beria or not? As the Gemara explains the question, what's the halacha of beria? Is it a measurement? In other words, do we say when you have a full creature, then it will maintain, just like the equivalent, let's say, for a, a, an adasha, a lentil which are certain measurements that apply to certain things. So we say the equivalent, just like when you have a lentil size, if it's missing a lentil, if it's missing part of that lentil size, well, then it doesn't have the shear, it doesn't have the measurement, it's going to be tahar. So to the question is, do we say over here that the barrier is not because it's a creature, it's a new measurement. So if it's not the full creature, it's not that full measurement, and therefore it's going to be tahar because it's missing the legs. Oh, you bury your gemirilla. Or the, what Rabbi's question is, was, maybe no. It's not because it's a measurement. It's because it's a creature, and the creature could survive. So it's considered its own chash of a thing for Ika. And here, since the, the, and the ant could survive, so it's still a living creature, and therefore, although it's missing its legs, it will be considered Allah of barrier. And if you eat that, you would be chayv. So that's the question. Is it a shear? And if you're missing part of the shear, then you don't have the whole shear. And therefore, you're, it's going to be tar, or you're going to be uh, pata if you eat it. Or do you say that no, it's a barrier, and if it's a barrier, it's still a barrier, even though it's missing its legs. So now the Gemara continues at the top of Nunbezim and Aleph, Omar Behudim and Descarto. He says, Tashima, let's bring a right from the following Bryce. The Bryce quotes a Pasik in Bayikra related to Shratzim, which these are things that are forbidden to eat, they also transmit Tumma. So it says over there, bohem, and whoever touches them, which sounds like if you touch the whole Sheretz. Now that the Bryce says, and you would think you only become Tame. If you touch the whole sheretz, tamaloyma. That's what the pasuk afterwards says. Kol whatever falls mayhem from them, which sounds like even part of them. So, but then the bride says, imayhem. If had only said me from them, yachol mektasin. You would think that only, even if you only touch part of it, tamaloyma behem. That's what it says. Them, which sounds like all of them. So the bride says, so Hawkeye says, how do we resolve these two psukim, which seemingly are contradictory? One is saying you have to touch the whole sheretz to become tummy, and the other one says even part of them. So that the Bryce says they're actually working together. It means to say, until you touch something that's tummy, part of it, which is like all of it. What does that mean? Which you're having bahem and mehem. The sages gave that as a measurement of a lentil size, which on some level, if you have this dead animal carcass, whatever it is that's transmitting tumma, and you're only touching part of it, that mehem, that part of it, is actually like bohem, is like the whole of it. Why? Shekein hachaymid, because hachaymid, which is either a snail or a lizard, which is one of these types of shiratsim, tchilas briyasa bikadosha, the beginning of its creation, is the size of a lentil. In other words, when it's whole, it's the size of a lentil. 
So you can have something, whatever this other thing that's transmitting Tuma, you have to touch at least part of it, which is like all of it. Meaning part of this thing, which is like one of the items that transmits Tuma, which is all of it, which is the smallest, is that share of the Chaymet. So in some level, it's like a Bahem. But this other item that you are touching is a Mayhem. That's the share that they said it will be Bahem of the Kadash, of the lentil size of the Chaymet, because that's when it's created, it's created that size. That's going to be the Halacha of anything to transmit Tuma. That's what the Bryce says. So in that Rabbi Hudim Deskarta says, Shmamano, what you could infer from this Bryce is, Shiurogimirila, obviously, the Allah Messina that was said regarding a barrier is not because it's a creature, it's because it's a specific measurement. Why? Because if you would say that an ant that had its legs cut off would be still like you're trying to claim be considered a barrier, then if that's the case, then then the chaymet too, that the beginning of its creation let's say, without legs, would be considered a barrier. And therefore, although, let's say, it wouldn't have the share of a lentil, still, at the beginning of its creation, even if it's not whole, without a share of a dasha, the halacha should be that we should learn that from chaymet, that even less than a lentil should be metame. Because you're saying that it's, it could be considered a barrier, even, let's say, without its legs, because it could still survive. And if that's the case, so since we're learning out mehem, from a whole barrier, what's the smallest chariots we can get to be considered a bahem, so that we can compare to mayhem? What's that? Oh, we found a chaymet that's so small that's the size of a lent- that's the size of a lentil. Yeah, but actually, a chaymet could still be a barrier with even smaller than a lentil. How? By by taking off its legs. You're saying it's still a barrier. Obviously, from the fact that we're saying that the shir is not dasha is obviously because we don't define it based on its barrier status, but rather because it's a share, it's a measurement. And therefore that would answer our question regarding if an ant is missing a little bit, that we would say that it's, it's a shear, and therefore if it's less than that, you're not going to be chayv. So now the Gemara says, no, no, Raya. Amrab Shemayi says, Ki when do we need a measurement, as you're proving from this b'risa, is b'deloi loi mitame. And that is that, if it wouldn't be the size of a lentil, it would not transmit tumma because just like by a chaymet, in the beginning of its creation, for sure we're not going to consider it a barrier less than a lentil. Why? To lay Because it doesn't get created, a soul is not put into that lizard if it has less than that, because that's the smallest size that it's created. It's not born without part of, without part of it. So therefore, yes, that's why when we define the b'risa of the shear of transmission of tumah from comparing what's mehem, what's something that's a small piece of touching whatever it is that you're touching, you have to touch that amount because we find bahem, something that's whole, is that size, is considered the barrier of a chaymet, is because that's how it's created. So therefore, since we're talking about its inception as a barrier, that's going to be the measurement we're talking about, and it can't be less than that. But what, what Rubber's question is, is not being resolved from here. Because something that had a soul. For example, when you have a living ant, loy, maybe there we wouldn't say this. In other words, we would say that it is going to be considered a barrier, even if it's missing a part of it, since it could survive. And then the Gemara says, the question does stand, and it's not answered, because there's a fundamental difference for regarding what the two points are coming to address. That the Bryce is addressing the inception of this barrier, which we're creating what's considered bahem. When is it created? It's created when it's born. That's only possible if it has that full shear, which the smallest is, is a lentil size. That's what we learned in Talacha. But 
That doesn't prove the question that we're talking about when, when Rav is asking regarding the conceptualization of barrier. He's asking regarding, regarding let's say, eating a, a, a barrier. With that's a different halacha. That's if you're, you're saying that if it lost something, now what, it's already a barrier. We're not using in the conceptual framework to learn out what is considered a barrier. We're saying that you have the barrier, but it lost its legs. Then it is a valid question to say, do you say that it was a sheer? Again, not as in the conceptual framework to learn out somewhere else from there. But once you have this barrier, now that it is here, do you say that it loses its legs, so it loses its measurement? Or do you say that, no, it's still a barrier, it's still a living creature, and therefore the halacha would be that if one eats it, or if let's say one touches it, whatever it is, it would still have its halacha as a full item to create a liability and to be able to transmit tumma.